Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Hello and welcome to the Survivor 42 wrap. It's uh, not just a sports report. Yeah, I forgot to tell you who is presenting this or who are presenting this. That is me uh, going under the banner of not just a sports report. My name is Mick. Survivor 42, episode 7. Let's get straight into it. I've been really enjoying this season. And also just for the Survivor Australia fans... This weekend, I am going to not be releasing my UFC preview and predictions podcast. I'll go back to doing that next week, and I'll also have a UFC podcast coming out on Sunday anyway. But for the Survivor Australia that I am behind on, I'm going to go and do a marathon today and tomorrow, and I'm going to finish the season, get all the way through to the end. So just taking a one-week break from the preview and predictions for UFC so that I can get myself up to date on Survivor Australia, and then that'll help with the flow of everything else. So look, let's get into it. Survivor Season 42, seventh episode. It is night 14. The tribe has officially merged, or the tribes have officially merged. Lydia voted out last. My alarm going off. At the most inopportune time, bloody hell, be right back. Okay, crisis averted, alarm off. Night 14, the tribes have merged, Lydia voted out last, which I actually thought her and Hi were going to be power players, they would have been working with Mike, that's what I thought, but Lydia surprisingly voted out last episode. Chanel, Marianne and Tori were three other big potential targets. Now, Marianne has an idol. Chanel, she was safe from the vote last time, I believe. And it was really interesting last episode. We saw Roxroy reverse the challenge result. We're starting to see a lot of things that we saw in Survivor Season 41, which is helpful because there are a bloody hell. There are a lot of advantages to keep up with. And Amulet's Drea... Uh, I won't go too much into it, but later in the episode, it's like, wow, she's got like six advantages. I'm like, wow, I actually very much struggle to keep up with it, but I'm trying. It was a hard time to start a Survivor podcast, even as a big fan. But yeah, a lot of advantages to keep up with. Marianne has an idol, but her name being thrown out there. Tori, a target, but she won the individual immunity last episode. And Chanel, a major target as well. It seems like nobody from her original tribe, which I believe were Vati, Mike, Hi, uh, Lydia as well. None of them, when they all kind of came together, all the tribes, no one from her original tribe was like willing to work with her. Everyone was saying like, don't trust her, don't feed her information. So Survivor, a huge part of it is the social element. So that is a really big red flag in terms of Chanel's chances. But she seems like a really quality player and I'm sure she has the potential to turn it all around. But the social thing could be huge. It is a really bad thing to have multiple people from your original tribe saying like, you know, we trust each other, but we just don't trust this one individual person so very interesting going forward and we end up on day 15 now and Mike is talking about representing the 55 and over crowd I'm a huge fan of Mike he even mentioned that he gets 15% Denny's discount that was like 
you know, the first major thing of being a 55 and over. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, we, I don't think we have Denny's in Australia. I'm not sure. We had it in New Zealand, so maybe I'll have to move home uh, once I'm 55 and over and reap in those 15% Denny's discounts. Really, really like Mike, and he actually had a conversation with Omar after his Denny's discount comment. Not about that, not about Denny's, uh, but actually about religion, which I thought was really cool, because uh, Mike... I'm not sure he might be Christian. I wasn't listening to the full extent. I had a friend over as well. Um, but he was talking to Omar, who I believe is Muslim. And I would assume Mike is Christian. I'm not exactly sure, like the uh, uh, maybe Catholic. I uh, have to watch this space. But they had a good conversation. It was like a really good moment in Survivor. I love how Survivor is progressive like that. And to have those conversations and for like a worldwide audience to see that and to take things from that because it shows like it's like we are stronger if we can talk about these things it doesn't have to be like a mine versus yours and you can reach a middle ground and honestly like they would have had many similarities in their beliefs just different religions so a lot of core values of theirs would line up and that could make Mike and Omar a bit of a combination going down the track and Mike I guess from first glance like I'll admit I probably kind of characterized him as maybe just this blockhead or something like that. I don't know. I thought he would be like a big player, obviously, but I really didn't see him having this much depth to him. So I have to give a lot of credit to Mike. I'm a big fan of Omar's as well. But yeah, really, really interesting to see them have that discussion. And just, it's great. It's healthy. That's how it should be. Um, and most of the time you'll find, especially with religious beliefs, a lot of the core values line up. So a lot of similarities there, and yeah, Mike and Omar, watch this space. Mike also, you know, he's worked with High, but I don't know if they're working together still. And Mike and Jonathan, the misunderstood big fellas, they are definitely close as well. I really like how diverse Survivor is. It's been awesome since the diversity mandate has been introduced. It just shakes up so many different combinations. And the progressive part of Survivor is one of the aspects that I have always enjoyed. I really like the social experiment and element of bringing all these people together from different walks of life, which essentially is what it always has been in Survivor, but now even more so because you have different representations of different backgrounds. And it's cool because it's like now Survivor, it's very much a family show. And now it's basically every family can watch it and feel like they are a part of it. And for the families that, you know, for the parents that think like, oh, you know, there's too much diversity or I don't like this or I don't like that. Well, that's fine because I like that Survivor is moving in this direction. I love that it's now for everyone, which it always has been, but now more than ever, it is for everyone. And look, if some people don't like the diversity, then that's that's your thing, whatever. Then there's plenty of other old Survivor seasons you can go back and watch, but Survivor has always been progressive. It has always moved forward in the right direction. And this has been probably the biggest change of all time, but in a very positive way. The diversity has been such a game changer. And going forward, I can't wait to see it play out because there are so many different elements. And then day to day, it's like just... You know, people from different lives walking together instead of like people from quite similar backgrounds or the same place or, you know, so diversity, huge tick, 10 out of 10 fan. 
Now it is time for me to get to the reward challenge and seeing some more elements from the past season, season 41, in this challenge where they had the bench last season on this water challenge, someone had to sit out. It was Erica and this was fresh off Erica uh, having to make the same decision that Roxroy did and Erica reversed the challenge result. She ended up winning the show as well last season, so congratulations to Erica. Made some huge plays, but Xander actually opted to sit on the bench, and Xander was on fire at this point in the game. He opted to sit on the bench and let Erica compete, and Erica ended up winning the challenge. I think it was the one where Evie, Evie and Erica took it out right at the end. So very, very, very keen to see how this one goes down. I remember last season watching Xander and being like, surely he is going to find this advantage under the seat, but he didn't. So you just know Jeff Probe said it himself. He'll be disappointed if nobody finds it this time around. And this time they've changed it up a little bit. Instead of just an advantage under the bench, it is going to be a beware advantage. So it's going to come with a risk. And that in itself is going to entail some some more advantage stuff, which we've seen plenty of. So a lot to get the head around and a lot to follow, but we'll see how this one takes place. It's on the water for this challenge with the last stage being similar to like a basketball or netball kind of deal with where you've got like the basket or the hoop and you're trying to get, your, I don't know, like five balls. I, would, I should have paid a bit more attention. Sorry, I'm recording this the day after and the reward is going to be peanut butter and jelly that's not too bad they're not going too hard because it's a shorter shorter season but they are yeah the rewards are like oh damn okay but peanut butter and jelly would still be pretty good and marianne is the one who's going to have to sit out of this challenge but drea who is on fire at the moment she opts to sit out of the challenge she says marianne can take her place Really big move there. So Drea is going to be sitting out. Marianne will be competing. And of course, we remember last year, Xander and Erica. Xander stepping out, letting Erica compete. Erica ended up winning. So who knows? If, if things follow a similar path, like Roxroy was in a position that Erica was in. Now Marianne finds herself in a position. But Xander at that point, if he had found an advantage under that seat, that could have totally changed the game. So for Drea, if she can find this advantage, she already has plenty of them. And she is a very, very strong contender to win this whole game, as long as she can go through without being perceived as one of the major threats, which she definitely is. But having someone like a Jonathan around and a few others definitely helps to relieve the pressure at this stage. And look, it's they've only just merged, but it is a 26-day season. So now is the crunch time. This is where it comes down to it, and all the big plays are going to start to be made. Drea ends up finding the advantage as well. So she's found the beware advantage. Really great from her. And Jonathan, in terms of the challenge, he wins it for his team. Again, five straight challenge wins for Jonathan. He is just such a beast like one of the all-time greats in my opinion now as far as Jonathan goes with like as far as the challenges because it's something we haven't seen in a while and like anyone who is moderately like good at challenges gets perceived as a threat and voted out most of the time but Jonathan is just so good and there are a lot of big players who may want to use him as a shield so 
Jonathan is another major contender because if you leave him in the game too long, he may very well win all the challenges. Luckily though, some of the challenges that involve balance and things like that, they can kind of lean more into the favor of the females and things where there are some where you have to hold a percentage of your body weight. And those are ones where the really strong, like muscly, physically people, that was a pretty poor explanation. That is one where they don't go as well because they lose a lot of their power through not eating and things like that. So going to be really interesting as well. You've got someone like Lindsay who she seems to be really kind of struggling with the not eating aspect. She's getting now, you know, depleted, which is what Survivor, you know, is about. But at the same time, yeah, the rewards in terms of food and that and not having rice, it is, would be really, really tough on the players. So Lindsay, I think she could really do with a reward. She had did get taken on something, I think, instead of maybe Roxroy. So yeah, Lindsay, that was one. Uh, Romeo, the, if Zach had stayed, there are a few where it's like, yeah, damn, when, if they, the not eating part, it's like you lose so much of your power. So the ones who are already, you know, they would have been like strong, like Lindsay's quite physically strong, but it's like, yeah, when you're not eating, it definitely takes a lot of your energy and saps much of your power. But Jonathan, not seeming to lose a lot of power, bossing that challenge again to win the reward. And after the uh, peanut butter and jelly reward, we see Omar start to make some moves. Drea reads her beware advantage. And look, as I said, she is a major contender. She goes and dips her hand. I was talking to my friend at this stage, but she dipped her hand in like this hole is the best way I could say it. And it had red paint in it. So Drea gets red paint all over her hands. And now she's like, oh shit, I have to get this off. I can't go back to my ha uh, camp. Literally caught red handed. So she's like panicking, trying to get this red paint off her hand because then it's really obvious that something has gone down. So really interesting development here. But Drea with so many advantages, I can't even keep track. She was pulling out an amulet. She was pulling out Ah, I literally can't even keep track. And that was what makes her a major contender. Because if she gets a little bit deeper into this game, she can just play advantage after advantage after advantage, potentially. Some of them tie other people into the mix. So, oh my goodness, my brain is spinning. But let's talk about the advantage that Drea has now. Her beware advantage. The knowledge is power advantage. Now, if you listen to my podcast or watched last season, season 41, you will remember that Liana, she found the knowledge is power advantage. Now it is in Drea's hands. And what the knowledge is, uh, is power advantage entails is you can ask any player in the game, do you have an idol or do you have an advantage? You can do it once. And if you are successful, then that player has to give you their idol or advantage on the spot. So it is a huge advantage. Drea has so many, and this is honestly one of the most powerful ones in the game. That is it. Knowledge is power, and Drea has the knowledge. She knows for a fact that Mike and Marianne both have idols. She's potentially thinking about blindsiding them. You know, that could be a major play down the track 
on her resume to steal someone's idol or advantage and blindside them, voting them out of the game. This is what I mean. Drea, one of the major contenders. I would probably have her in first at the moment in terms of major contenders, especially given the fact that this cast don't know that Erica won season 42. So in their minds, they don't know yet whether a woman has won Survivor for the first time in ages. There was a long uh, men's streak. I can't remember exactly how many seasons consecutively. It was a male winner. But Evie from the season 41 cast, she spoke about how it was definitely a thing and a consideration that the females, they wanted a woman to win. It had been a long time. Obviously, they're not going to just hand it to a woman for the sake of it like but they were definitely keeping their eye out and if there was a woman who played really really well and played a very great all-around game which erica did then they would go that way so that could definitely be a thing in season 42 as well and if drea can keep herself in the game then she's a major chance because at the moment a lot of the targets have been females many of the people being voted out have been females so it does lead you to wonder as well are there some of the male alliances like Jonathan and Mike kind of protecting their best interests and because the female alliance it's, it's going to happen soon there is going to be a really strong female alliance I feel like because it, it's hard because then it's everything's relative and you end up yeah getting to know the person and sometimes it doesn't work as well. It was like the um, African-American Alliance last season where they worked really well, but then Deshaun and Shan had just their kind of issues with communication. And that can break it down, definitely, especially in a game like Survivor where just the smallest little things can change the whole landscape of the game. So now Drea has the knowledge is power advantage we remember Liana finding it last season. She tried to play it on Xander, who she knew had an idol, and he, he'd given it away. So he said, no, you can have this fake one. I think Tiffany was actually in possession at the time of the idol. So it was a huge play. Liana had ended up blowing up in her face, but good on her for giving it a go. I think Drea is going to be able to play this perfectly. She seems like she's not going to get too caught up in the moment like Liana did with Xander. And I think Drea, ah, man, this is a big, big note for this episode is that Drea, in my opinion, is the front runner to become the sole survivor. But as we see, it's you can never choose or pick who's actually going to win until it gets into the deeper stages because as soon as people clue on to how good Drea really is, then they are going to be looking to get rid of her. Now, coming off the ad break, I believe the ad break, I at least turned the page in my notes. Now, Drea returns to camp, still has a bit of the red paint on her hand, and Tori spots it immediately. At least that's the edit. Maybe she was there for like 20 minutes and then Tori spotted it. Who knows? But Tori has immediately clued on to Drea. She can see the red paint, and she asks Drea, like, oh, what's the go with that? Are you bleeding? Are you okay? It starts as genuine concern. Uh, and Drea says, yeah, I was painting. Tori can see, like, there's no paint on the tribe flag. Very suspicious. Very, very suspicious. And this is not good for Drea's game because Tori has clued on quickly. She's fucking spotted it very fast. So Drea and Tori potentially up against each other. Tori's starting to form into definitely a threat in her own right. I'm not as huge a fan of Tori as I am of Drea. 
I don't know if she'll be more likely to get votes at the end, whereas Drea, I think, can get a lot of votes at the end. But Tori and Drea, head-to-head, two of the very big players. At this stage, everyone is a player, which is really interesting. Anyone could win it, and there's not much time to make your run. So now it's all about starting to add things to your resume, in my opinion. And a lot of them will just be focused on staying in the game and not getting voted out. It is now time to jump into the immunity challenge, and it's the one they did last season again. They will be sitting out for Rice. That's what Jeff Probes wants them to do. He said that he wants, he's going to start with a base level of around six people sitting out of this challenge, which is over half, and he said he'll settle for four people. This is going to be for four days rice. If they can make it last, then it will be for a lot more than four days. So it's a really big one because they haven't been getting rice on this season. So Probes is going to be bartering with them. And he said next season, the monster may have a bigger appetite. So this means in a similar situation next season, it could be really big. I'm hoping they go back to longer form, the 39 days. I really, really, really hope It goes back to 39 days. Maybe they will do 39 days without the rice or something like that. The monster is going to have a bigger appetite. Maybe, just maybe, Survivor are planning to return in a really big way to the 39-day format. And if the monster has a big appetite, we could be potentially heading into the toughest season in Survivor history in season 43. But look, these last two seasons, although only 26 days, they definitely make it tougher for the players. They don't get rice. They definitely do pull out enough stops that I can say, like, you know, it's a different experience to the 39 days, but they definitely go through it. Like, do not discredit anyone on these casts. They have gone through it just as much, if not more, than any players that have played Survivor before. So very impressed with the last two seasons. I'm really enjoying season 42. And as I said, anyone can still win and anyone can be voted out tonight. So the immunity challenge begins. They're going to be standing on a perch. But first of all, who is sitting out? Probes mentions the rice, four days of rice. He says, start negotiating with me. So Marianne says, two people. And Probes is like, nah, nah. And so they're like, all right, well, what are you thinking, Jeff? Jeff says nine. And (laughs) I just laughed. I was like, I love that. I love Jeff Probes. That is the exact kind of energy I want from the host. Be like two, two, like nine. That's more the level, like nine. So then, you know, all of a sudden the players are like, shit, Jeff is not here to play. Next season, the monster is going to have a bigger appetite. Maybe nine. Probe seems to like the number nine. I don't mind that either. But it means anyone who sits out in this challenge will not be competing for the immunity and they won't be, they won't be safe from the vote. So it's a huge play to step out of the challenge. You leave yourself vulnerable and it's about how much does stepping out mean to the rest of the tribe? Is someone off limits because of that? Well, look, never in Survivor. It it may be a respected move, but stepping out, you never make yourself off limits in Survivor. You're never off limits in Survivor. So immunity challenge coming up. He's proposed nine. Then Probe says, how about six? 
Lindsay and Drea say we'll both step out, so credit to them that they are going to step out. As I said earlier, Lindsay seems like she's a bit depleted from not being able to eat. They have gone a lot harder on this season with no rice. Uh, so Lindsay's stepping out of the challenge. She'll go for the rice. Drea steps out as well. Mike says no. Mike's like, I am not stepping out. Mary Ann steps out, but she makes a big scene about it. And, uh, yeah, she's like, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a scene as always. But I love Mary Ann, but she's full 100. Omar steps out as well. Mary Ann, look, everyone else just was stepped out. Omar, Drea, Lindsay were like, yeah, we'll step out of the challenge. Mary Ann was like, I am on the bottom and there were people safer than me. And then she started crying. She's like, I'm going to step out because we all need rice. And then afterwards she was like, yeah, I turned that on, you know, to try and, you know, gain some favor with my tribe. Sorry, my giant cat is climbing and sitting on me. Hey, buddy, how are you? Um, but yeah, Marianne, theatrics as always. But I think her tribe would see right through that. She was the only one who made a scene about stepping out for the rice, whereas everyone else was just like, yep, we'll do it. So now we get to the challenge. Not going to be safe tonight. Marianne, Omar, Lindsay, Andrea, not safe from the vote tonight. As far as the challenge, high drops within one second. Roxroy follows shortly after. Mike is also out. And then Romeo drops. So a lot of people dropping quite quickly. And we get to the final three. Chanel, Tori, and Jonathan. Now, I'll start with Chanel. As I said at the start of this episode, she doesn't have really any social connections. No one from her tribe trusts her. When the tribe did come together last episode with one more vote before they officially merged, everyone was throwing Chanel's name out there. No one, which is really important, was actually going into bat for Chanel and saying like, no, I'm willing to work with her. Like, I've had this instance or this example where she's been trustworthy or I see this is a great reason to keep her in the game. No one was going in to vouch for Chanel. So she is one of the final three in this challenge. She is someone who I think definitely needs it. And then you have Tori, who won the last individual immunity challenge. She is still in this one up on her perch. She is someone who's also kind of ran her mouth, I guess, in a different way. Chanel hasn't been the one running her mouth, but... Tori, she's done a lot more talking. She spilt a lot of the tea on her original tribe. I think it was Ika. And she's a big player. She's clued on to Drea as well, who stepped out of this challenge. So a great opportunity for Tori to take the win here. If she doesn't, then she's definitely a name that I can get uh, see getting thrown out there to be voted out as well. She's someone who her social connections are building. She probably has a couple more than Chanel does. But overall, Tori could be in a lot of danger, especially if Chanel finds safety. I don't think Tori has as many allies or strong connections as some of the others, like the Orange Tribe with Jonathan, Marianne, Lindsay, and Omar. They seem like they are a really tight-knit four. And then Mike and Jonathan are close. Like a lot of revolving relationships. And Tori, she's not really part of those groups. And she's spoken about that herself. Like she wants to be part of it. But she is definitely someone who is in danger tonight as well. So Chanel, Tori, still in this challenge. And of course, Jonathan. One of the all-time great challenge beasts already. He is still in this challenge. He's a bit safer than the other two. He still has 
the connections and social kind of game down pat. But I think this challenge, he's quite big. And in terms of the balancing, I think this is actually going to suit Chanel or Tory more. And if Jonathan does drop, maybe they take this as an opportunity to vote one of the major threats of the game out. So all three of them really, really need this win. Jonathan probably less than the other two. But yeah, there's a lot on the line. Chanel ends up dropping. So it is Jonathan, one of the all-time great challenge beasts, up against Tori, who is wanting... Wow, I can't speak English. Getting too excited. Coming off the first individual immunity challenge last episode, where it was the first time everyone was competing individually, Tori got the win. She is competing to get two from two individual immunities. So if you want to talk about challenge beasts, potential all-time great challenge beasts, well, who knows? If Tori wins this, she could be a real smoky to come out of nowhere, win a lot of challenges, and maybe then, you know, if she keeps racking up individual immunities, then people are going to start having to work with her. You always see people are very willing to work with the person who has the necklace on and who has safety. They're just a great number to have. So this is a big opportunity for Tori up against Jonathan. And Jonathan drops. So back-to-back immunity wins for Tori. Two from two in individual immunity challenges. We have another contender in this game. All of a sudden, as I said, it's about adding things to your resume That is a huge thing for Tori to add on her resume as we now enter the merge phase, back-to-back individual immunity wins. Look, I've said at points that I'm not a huge fan of Tori, but huge respect. She is now a big game player, back-to-back wins. And look, she's still got a lot of game ahead of her, so now she's safe from the vote tonight. And that gives her a major chance to start to form some networks within the game. As far as who is going... Look, I have no idea who is going home. Anything could happen. There are so many people that are not safe from the vote tonight and so many advantages and idols to keep up with. Chanel would probably be my first pick because as I've said, she just doesn't have those social connections at the moment. The huge red flag for me was everyone in her original tribe coming out and saying like, we don't trust her. Don't give her any information. Don't work with her and no one going into vouch for her. So social game is huge. You need people to be on your side to help you pull some strings socially within the game, and Chanel really needs to find herself some allies and quickly. As far as Marianne, her name's been thrown out there as well. She did sit out of the challenge though, and she also has an idol, and she's pretty unpredictable, so maybe we see her come up with some kind of play I'm just keen to see who is going to align with who. As we start to see a picture, the game is very fluid and people, you know, they chop and change a lot. But this is the stage where people are trying to establish who they really trust and at least one person who they could potentially go all the way to the end with or at least very, very close to the end with before they cut them off with a blindside or a big play and try and go on to win the game. So... Very interesting because, as we know, the jury are the ones who make the decision on who wins the million dollars. So it's not just about who you vote out. It's about when. It's about why. And you've got to be able to justify it to them because they are going to feel burnt. 
you've got to explain it to the jury because if you burn too many bridges along the way, it doesn't matter how good you played, unless you've had a, just an unbelievable all-around game where people respect it and they vote for you, then, yeah, you're not going to get many votes if you fucked over everyone and you haven't worked those social connections. So that obviously one of the major, major parts of this game, definitely of this shorter season as well. So let's see who's going home. Little bit of strategy to unfold first though. I'm keen to see who starts to align with who and whose names are getting thrown out there. All right, we return from the ad breaks. And as I was saying, I'm keen to see whose name gets thrown out there. And Chanel, as far as who she's thinking, which as I said, she needs to make some connections. She wants to get Romeo out of the game. She's been throwing Romeo's name out there. Romeo has heard about it and he's getting paranoid because he doesn't know exactly who's throwing his name out there. He has confronted Drea, who's one of his allies, and Romeo's really paranoid. It happens in the game. It's really hard to actually know who you're placing your trust in because they have a totally different perspective. They're not watching what the viewers are seeing. They don't know half, they don't even know half of what is happening with the advantages and things like that and who's talking to who and what information is out there that you have to gather information for them yourself and right now the only information Romeo has is that his name is out there he's talking to Drea and she's like dude you need to chill like honestly like I don't think Drea was really sizing up Romeo as a potential vote but potentially now he is very paranoid and look, they were originally going to go for Chanel, as I thought everyone would. But Romeo, has he shit the bed? Has he gone a bit too paranoid? And sometimes people are like, okay, can I work with this person if this is going to be a recurring theme? So now all of a sudden, an option that I hadn't considered at all, could Romeo be on his way out of the game tonight? As far as who Mike is thinking, he wants to go for Chanel. She was in his original tribe. He still is just not about Chanel at all. So Mike wants to go for Chanel. It sounds like a lot of people want to go for Chanel. Chanel wants to go for Romeo. And look, it, there could be other people out there who want to work with Chanel and get rid of Romeo. But right now it looks like it's Romeo or Chanel. And the very, very likely option seems like Chanel for all the reasons I've previously mentioned, social connections, things like that. As I mentioned last episode, Romeo formed a bond with High, so there's a social connection right there that is very strong. He's also formed connections with Drea and plenty of other people, so he's done a little bit better in that regard, whereas like Chanel, Mike, who was on her original tribe, is like, let's get rid of her, let's get rid of her. I'm still not seeing anyone going to vouch for Chanel, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of people talking about Romeo other than Chanel. So let's get to the Tribal Council now. It is night 16, and Tori, who has back-to-back -back individual immunity wins, talks about how she feels on the outs. She's not part of any of the groups or any of the majority kind of factions, so... Look, she says it's great to have individual immunity, but what I really would like is to be a part of the group. Some of this kind of reasoning for her not being part of the group has been her own doing through her actions throughout the game. But look, like, I'm starting to warm to Tori. She is a really big player in the game. And look, it would be hard if not being part of the group because then you're constantly like, oh man, like, I'm always feeling in danger of being eliminated. But 
Sometimes it's those players who are on the bottom for the majority of the game that once they get to the end, that's so impressive to have on your resume. Like, I was never part of the group. Everyone was trying to get rid of me. I won individual immunities. I got myself to the end. There are a lot of advantages and things still to be found, I'm sure. And we'll see some repeats of season 41 concepts this season as well, which should be fun. But Tori, she's on the outs, but now she is starting to emerge as a contender. Maybe not for the sole survivor, but look, if she starts to add more things to her resume, most definitely. But she could definitely be someone that goes all the way to the end. Trust has been a major talking point in this tribal as well. No one has any in Chanel. That's the thing. But they're talking all around trust. But that has been my perception from last episode when the tribes came together that nobody has trust in Chanel and as for Romeo, well, he's the one who is lacking trust. He's not trusting his allies. It seems like they trust him. But now all of a sudden, he's kind of freaked out a little bit. He doesn't trust the people close to him. Could he make a spontaneous play? Or could they decide, hey, maybe we work with someone else rather than Romeo? So very, very intrigued as to how this vote is going to go. And let's get to the votes. The first vote is for High. You can see visibly on his face, he's not impressed with that. Second vote, Romeo. Then Chanel gets a vote. So as I thought, Romeo and Chanel, the main contenders. Romeo gets a second vote. And then Chanel gets a second vote. So two all. Romeo gets the third vote. And then Chanel. So they are tied 3-3. Three, three. Nearly forgot what I was saying there. Chanel, three votes. Romeo, three votes. And one vote high. I'm interested as to who voted for high. The fourth vote is for Chanel. Chanel gets the fifth vote as well. And then the eighth person voted out of Survivor 42 and the first member of the jury. So she is going to get a chance to decide who gets the million dollars at the end. Chanel, eighth person voted out of Survivor 42. And look, for all the, I, I don't really need to wrap this one up too much because I've mentioned a lot of the reasons as to why I thought she would get voted out, and that kind of came into play here. Uh, I just thought the lack of social connections. I actually liked her as a player. I liked watching her play. Um, there must have just been other stuff going on as well as a whole for that original tribe because none of them trusted her from that tribal where they voted out Jenny and she didn't have a vote and all these things. So she hadn't really built that social network, which a lot of other players had. That was what I thought would be a differentiating factor. As for how Romeo responds now to being in the firing line, going to be really interesting. And going forward, look, social. The social game really seems to be the name of the game at the moment in season 42. And the challenges, the physical side, definitely playing a part. And the mental side, which is a big part of the challenges coming into it. Jonathan going really well. Tori exceeding as well. Chanel gone. Eighth person voted out. But she will be on the jury, so not the last we've seen of Chanel. And yeah, thanks for coming, Chanel. I enjoyed her contribution to the season a lot. Unfortunate for her that she had to leave. But hey, you are on the jury. You made the merge. Ticked off some Survivor bucket list goals there. So congratulations to Chanel. And congratulations to you for getting all the way through this podcast. If you enjoyed it, do not forget to follow us on Instagram 
at Not Just a Sports Report. And if you follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you'll be able to hear whenever new Survivor content is posted. Going to be posting the Survivor 42 ones weekly. And as for this week, today and tomorrow, jumping into Survivor Australia Blood vs. Water, the final handful of episodes, I think maybe there's six to go. So I am going to do a marathon Friday and Saturday, jumping through all the Survivor action, going to get myself all the way caught up to the end. I still haven't spoiled for myself who won, but at work I have a regular customer. He comes in all the time and he's like, talking about Survivor, and I'm like, I haven't seen it, and he spoiled one or two things, but I'm just like, please, please, he comes in, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? But like, no, 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 like, yeah, Survivor, but please, please don't tell me who wins. So I need to do this marathon today and tomorrow, jumping through the rest of the season all the way to the end, and then I will be back for the Survivor 42 weekly wrap uh, what day is it? I think it's Friday. Yeah, wow. Bit bit disorientated. So next week, I will be back around the same time with the Survivor 42 weekly wrap. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And until next time with my Survivor Australia marathon, take care of yourselves.